0: Welcome to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, we grow in relationships, and we grow in Jesus Christ. This segment will be studying the book of Acts, where our risen Christ is made manifest in the early church. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single Sunday. you wouldn't understand yourself as a Baptist being part of another denomination. I want to go on and sort of change or shift our thinking and understand we're Christians. We're ones in the church of God, but we do hold to particular distinctives. Baptism is one of them. And that's what we're going to talk about today is baptism. And this is no better place to begin. Because Jesus in this teaching to the apostles, he really gives a warning and he says after all of the crucifixion, after he gives the Great Commission and they've seen him rise, we're talking to the or hearing from the risen Lord and Savior. Um, one after, he's, he's, he's died and he's risen. And this is him in his glorified body that's still teaching his apostles. We could even call this, though known as the Acts of the Apostles, really we're seeing the Acts of Jesus Christ manifested in his church in the apostles, and he teaches them about baptism, or is the first way that he chooses to frame this conversation. He says, all of this is gonna be fulfilled. I'm going to fulfill this great commission through you, but you need to wait. You need to wait for the Spirit. Now, apart from a separate discussion on the Spirit or the coming of the Spirit, he frames the conversation in baptism. He uses that as the picture to explain himself. And so he's not talking about mere water baptism. We need to have this discussion between the difference of water baptism and a spiritual baptism. He he speaks of John. He says, you know, John truly baptized in verse 5 with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. All we have to do is think back to what it was John preached in Matthew chapter 3, 3.11, we can see John himself saying, I baptize you with water, but there comes one after me who baptizes with the Spirit and with fire. And he was talking about Jesus, and we know that's true, because soon enough Jesus came along to be baptized by John. And he said, who Who am I to baptize you? I'm not worthy to even loosen your sandal. You should be baptizing me. And he says that all righteousness might be fulfilled. Baptize me. He partakes of this baptism from John, which John explains clearly. This is, I baptize you with water. This is a water baptism of repentance. This is something that is preparing the way for the coming Messiah. John was sent to bear witness to the light, John's gospel says. And so he comes to us with this baptism, preaching to us and teaching us about repentance. His baptism wasn't a ritual washing, it did not wash away sins. It wasn't what the Jews had recognized in their day when they would ritual, you know, in a ritual, they would repeatedly go through these washings, washing away their sins. They would go down in, into their mitzvah pools and, and do it over and over again. That was not the baptism that John w- was giving. He was baptizing for Repentance. It was a clear marker for you to go into the water and to see a new life, a new distinction where you were turning from sin and the works of your father the devil and you were turning to God. You were leaving one life and taking up another. And so it's that baptism that Christ came to partake of. But John says, look, I shouldn't even be baptizing you. You, Jesus, you're not even in need of repentance have you ever considered this why why would Jesus do such a thing why would Jesus come forward for the baptism of repentance he didn't need to be washed from his sin he didn't need to turn from it he was the one who knew no sin and he says that all righteousness might be fulfilled Jesus knew soon enough he would come and he would give the baptism It was in His own blood. He would give of His Spirit the baptism that actually saves you. And yet also, as Jesus does this atoning work, He also gives us the clear and the perfect picture, knowing that every one of us is in need of repentance. He fulfills perfectly the law, and the only way that we can come to Him is if we realize our failure in the law, and we repent of our failures. that we repent of all of our sin and our sinfulness. And so He gives us that. So there's two different baptisms here that for us, and what we're going to see here in a minute whenever we celebrate baptism, these two are joined together. So we have to acknowledge, at least in part, that what we're reading about is a peculiar time in history. Whenever Christ came, the ministry was not yet fulfilled in full. This is why he tells the apostles, wait here, the full promise hasn't been given to you, yet you're not fully equipped just with my teaching, you need my spirit before you can even fulfill this great commission. There's a spiritual baptism that needs to take place. John preached this, Christ taught this, and we see this given to us even uh, in uh, elsewhere in the scripture. And uh, so I'm going to turn now, you're welcome to go there as well to 1 Peter chapter three. Jesus explains this baptism. It's not merely of water. It's not the washing away of your sins. It's not merely of repentance. And I want to back up and begin probably here in verse 18, where he begins talking about all of this atoning work. He talks about baptism, and he begins using an illustration that starts with Noah. And he reflects on all of this coming through the water. Let's just read 1 Peter 3. I'll begin in verse 18. For Christ also, also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure wherein even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He uses baptism again. And he says, listen, just as Noah and his family passed through the water, they were saved, but it wasn't like the washing away of the dirt. It wasn't like you getting a shower at the end of a hot day instead it was being you it was like you being pur- purified in the blood of Jesus Christ it was his sacrifice and it was his resurrection and you are raised in newness of life everyone else around him perished in noah and yet by god was brought through in the ark which is like Christ there's so much we can learn from all of this but there's a new Baptism that takes place in Jesus Christ. A spiritual baptism. And so we have to walk away from all of the old notions of being washed or what it is our work of going down into the water. Uh, we're, We're not taking a swim. We're not taking a bath. There's a new baptism, a new picture that we're given. A baptism that Christ Himself gives. It is like Romans 6. When Paul is, is goading the church in Rome to, to turn away from their life lived in sin, and he tells them, you, How can you who have died to sin now live in it? No, you were baptized with Christ in His death and raised in His resurrection to newness of life. It is a resurrection that we're seeing. Whenever we go into the water, we get a picture of a burial, Christ himself was buried in the tomb. Three days, he was a dead man. And he rose into newness of life. It was a complete transformation. Noah was given new life, all of his family redeemed, but not apart from death. And so we must receive this new baptism. It really is a being born Again, into the Spirit. Now, it's not something that happens in the water. It's not something that I can confer or anyone can confer on anyone else here today. And yet, when you are clothed in the Spirit, whenever that action from God occurs, which has already happened in the life of Paul Hoppe, it's not something that I can do. And yet, we're given a clear picture of what it is that looks like. And so we, guys, we have to have our eyes set on a spiritual baptism, on living life in the spirit. And we have to understand that whenever we go into the water. This is what has made it oh so confusing for people because there is no baptism at the beginning that washes someone from their sins or else I would wrestle every daggone one of you out there and dunk your head under the water. Okay, It doesn't work that way. It's pointless. It does not wash away your sins. The blood of Christ washes away your sins. And you believe in Him. You must repent of your sins. This is why it's necessary. This is why God sent John first. Because repentance and faith bring salvation. You don't have one without the other. There is no such thing as the one who believes in God yet refuses to repent of their sins. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a person who repents of their sins and lives the good life but has their doubts about God and does not accept Jesus Christ. There's no such thing. All of their works are still evil. The Scriptures say it's impossible to please God apart from faith. So He gives us Baptism, repentance, and faith unto salvation. Washing in the blood of Jesus Christ. Accepting the seal of the Spirit that is placed on the life of every person who believes in Him. So it certainly is a seal of a Spirit. It is what gives us assurance I want you all to feel welcome. If you all need to move your chairs into the shade, you're welcome to do so. I know it's hot. I'm down here in the shade, and God's blessed me with a breeze. So who is this for? This baptism, we're talking about a spiritual baptism. Brothers and sisters, this is for every believer. Baptism is for every believer. Now, I want to be cautious because this isn't something that we have to fret over when we come to people like the thief on the cross who say to Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. We don't have to worry ourselves with the way in which he was baptized because surely that man was baptized by the Spirit of God. Christ said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. We don't have to worry with those who are afflicted or somehow prevented, whether they are disabled or whether they are on a battlefield in the middle of a desert. We don't have to worry of the state of these people in baptism. We don't have to diminish the picture that we're all going to see here in a few moments by sprinkling on their head or any other thing. We don't have to do any of that. We don't have to change the picture of being buried and raised again or defying the the very term baptizo with immerse. We don't have to change anything in order to give us a clear picture because the baptism of the water doesn't save anyone. We're not forced to bend the rules in order to make them saved, to be sure that water touches their head. What's important is that they're immersed in the Spirit that they undergo, there is no one saved that does not undergo the baptism of the Spirit, that does not endure the baptism of repentance where water is prevented. So we have this clear picture, and it's for every believer. It's important for us to see because this baptism of the Spirit, we see later, and we'll talk about as we walk through the book of Acts, we'll, we'll study what it means for the Spirit, what it looks like for the Spirit to come upon the church. We'll see the profound power that God equips His people with later in the gifts that He gives to His church. But before we go off on a tangent and we start to assess the giving of the Spirit with some superficial event or superficial gift, we need to remember in 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul tells the church, look, though though there are many diversities of gifts, there is but one Spirit. There's only one Spirit that we are baptized in. And, and, and so this is for every believer. It doesn't come separately. It is not as if you, we get baptized in water and a few of us are going to get sprinkled with the Spirit. That's foolishness and it's unbiblical. We all get baptized with the Spirit. His Word tells us we're all gifted with different gifts, various gifts. And we don't need certain gifts. He actually tells us some places where there's people, Matthew seven twenty one, the scariest passage in all of Scripture, who will say, "Have I not prophesied, cast out demons, perform miracles in your name. There are people who seek after these. And they will find... They will meet their Maker and He'll say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. He makes clear every person here who believes in the name of Jesus Christ receives His Spirit, is gifted in some way, but every person, the way we're all gifted in the same way is we all have those fruits of the Spirit. Every last one, the one who bears the fruits of the Spirit is saved. There is no question. There is no condemnation that comes at the end when we meet our Maker. We all receive this self-same Spirit. We are united. In all of this, you see, I hope that you're beginning to see that there is a a beautiful picture here. In, in, In the text so far, we have united the water baptism of repentance with the spiritual baptism of the Spirit unto salvation. We've united those that that experience the work of the Spirit with those that experience, with every one of us, who should be experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. We don't have to make uh, funny ways or creative ways or pragmatic ways to develop unity among us. We don't have to forsake doctrine or teaching or any other thing. But yet, whenever we come to Christ, we see He fulfills every bit of this in His Word. It is all exemplified in the church. And brothers and sisters, if what I say is true, if we read this and we see these pictures of baptism, of water leading to spiritual baptism, and and all of this work of Christ being made manifest, it comes on every believer. Our greatest evidence of this is the Great Commission itself. Jesus' final words before ascending into heaven was, Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Now, anyone can realize those apostles did not reach the ends of the earth themselves in the flesh. Those apostles were martyred for their faith. They were killed at an early age. All but one who lived out his life in exile, prevented from spreading. And yet, it is incumbent, that great commission is incumbent upon us because their word is infallibly preserved in this scripture. And that baton, that torch is passed to the church, the rest of the bride of Christ, and we are commanded to go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Here we are on the opposite side of the world, and we baptize, and we teach to observe all that Christ commanded. This baptism is for all of us. The baptism of the water, of repentance, of the Spirit, salvation of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is for all of us. And yet there's a purpose. If we look in our text this morning, Jesus explains himself. Because those apostles knew. They knew what he was saying. You're telling us, are, are you, Jesus, are you fixing to establish your kingdom? Are you fixing to manifest the people of God on this earth? They knew he was talking about everybody that you're fixing to pour out your spirit on everyone who believes in the name of Jesus Christ, every person who accepts his name upon them. And here's his answer. It's not for you to to know those times. He doesn't say he acknowledges the fact that you're not going to see an earthly kingdom rise up just yet. That there is a day later when that is brought in its fullness and those promises answered. He continues, but ye shall receive the power after you receive the Holy after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the earth. You see, God's got a purpose. When he baptizes us with the Spirit, it comes upon every believer, but it's for a purpose. He doesn't tell us you'll receive the Spirit and power so that every every person will fear you. He doesn't say you'll receive the power of the Spirit so that you will overcome every sickness, disease, and affliction. He doesn't tell you that you'll receive the Spirit so that you can name it and claim it. So that you can demand the lucrative job in Jesus' name and God has to render it to you. He says you'll receive the power after you receive the Spirit so that you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We could talk about Ananias, the magician. What do I got to do to do cool stuff like that? It's not the gift that we receive. So I don't care. We've, I, I know we all come from different backgrounds. I know of, of our congregation. I know we have a couple of visitors. And I don't really care how God gifts you in His Spirit. Paul says it's a noble thing. He had more gifts than all of us. But, brother or sister, if he gifts you with kindness, don't do it for humanitarian purposes. You do it so the name of Christ is made manifest in you. You let people understand the reason you give is because God has first given you Christ. Now, I don't really care if you speak in tongues and babble in a closet, preach Christ. In every language, languages you don't know, go ahead, preach Christ. In every tongue. Right now the gospel is being proclaimed. This is the Lord's Day, the Christian Sabbath. The gospel of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed today in every tongue around this world by Christians all over. In Arabic, in Greek, in Japanese, in Chinese, Swahili. So if you're gifted in tongues, preach Christ. If God gives you an administration, He doesn't do it so that you'll be a fine businessman. He does it so that you will serve His church well. That you'll magnify the resources for the missions. God has given us provision. If He grants us healing we got people on on our prayer list that need healing if god sees fit to grant us healing we preach christ the goal of every gift is christ the goal of the spirit in us is so that christ is preached in all the earth that's the point none of it else matters It is why we're not caught up to heaven when a person comes to faith, when a person submits to to the Word, when they repent of all of their ill acts and all of their sinfulness, and they experience Jesus, they're not caught up. Why? Because God comes down. He dwells in the believer, and He magnifies His own name. We've talked about that. Our Sunday night study, we've talked about the whole recapitulation of creation. The way that God said, go forth and multiply, make my image great. He now says in his disciples, I've put my image upon you. I'm making you into the image of Jesus Christ. Go therefore into all the nations and make disciples. Teach people, baptize people that my spirit comes upon them. So we have a high calling. And it begins right with baptism. We're commanded to receive baptism. That in itself is a picture of Christ. Burial. Death to the flesh. And being raised in newness of life. The resurrection of Jesus Christ by itself is a picture. It's a picture that that Paul gets to remember today. He gets to feel and smell and maybe even taste, if, if God so chooses, the water of this lake. It's as if he is literally drowned in the water today. Because there's another picture, one last picture that I want to share with you all while we're still here in the shade that we hear with baptism language. And it's Luke, the same writer of this Acts, in Luke 12, 50. Jesus speaks of another baptism. He says, I have a baptism to undergo, and I'm greatly distressed until it's fulfilled. There's a baptism of Christ's suffering. As we've already seen, this is much like the death that was experienced in Noah's day. When the waters sprang up from the deep, perhaps they knew or saw bodies in the distance cast in the waves. We're praying currently for hurricanes. We've seen the waters ravage and kill people. Christ Himself did not, was not, resurrected apart from the cross. In the waters of baptism we see a picture of death, a dying to self and being raised new, born again in the Spirit unto God in Jesus Christ. This very passage came in the form of a warning So, for all of us, as we experience great joy and newness of life, as we f- experience satisfaction in the in just simply being obedient to God's word and performing the ordinances, as we reflect with joy upon our own baptism and all the grace of God we ourselves have experienced as Christians, consider as well what it means what some of our brothers and sisters are experiencing in real time, what it means to share in the baptism of Christ's suffering. Those who can die with joy. To do as brother Chad prayed. To live as Christ, to die as gain. To understand the full glory Of such a baptism as a a man who can put off the old self and to take up the new. May God grant us the grace that every one of us can do that more and more. That we can live in light of our baptism. That we never forget what it is we have endured. What it is Christ has endured on our behalf. And what's made available to every person who believes in Jesus Christ. I pray this is true of all of us, that each one of us is reminded of this, that if anyone across this pond has heard the word of Jesus Christ, that they recognize the glory of God displayed through the grace of Jesus Christ. It's here. We we said this morning, talking about idols and things in Sunday school, There are no pictures of God. There's nothing that we can give to show you. No images, nothing else. And as a matter of fact, the entire Old Covenant is everything to do with pictures. Pictures of God in the tabernacle, in the serpent on the pole, in in all of the sacrificial system. we got all these pictures. The day of the picture is over. You've got the real thing the real living God in the living Christ who was raised from the dead in the living Spirit that He told the apostles, it's better that I go that I send my Spirit. And so all of this is what we experience. This is a very big picture of baptism. And it helps us understanding all these things, helps us to navigate all of those conversations, to reconcile all of the different views with what the Word actually tells us. Brothers and sisters, there's a a big reason why even among the Baptist community, we have people that get baptized and never show up again, who never enjoy the fellowship of the saints, who never, never walk in newness of life. They've never truly been baptized. We as Baptists, this is a struggle for us. And so this is the picture of baptism that we're reminded of this morning as we walk over to the beach and are baptized. The whole church is filled with His Spirit for the purpose in His kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we come to You and we thank You because we certainly do recognize our sin. We certainly recognize our death and our own trespasses. But, Father, even as Christians, as so many of us here today are believers, even as we recognize and desire to see your commission fulfilled, as we desire to see people saved, Father, we praise you. Because in the reading of this text this morning, we realize it is you yourself who fulfills the Great Commission as you empower us by your Spirit, as we see men who were cowards, now by your Spirit preaching boldly. As we see men who were killers, now by your Spirit are sacrificing themselves for your sake. As we see children who are persecuted and hear stories through missionaries in Afghanistan today, we hear stories of even children singing your praises as they are raped and murdered in Afghanistan. And God, we pray that we have a very full picture of Your Spirit. Lord, that we live in light of the baptism that only You give. Father, that You ready our souls for the baptism of the fire. That though we be tested for a little, a little while, that as Peter says, that You refine our faith which is much finer than gold. Ready us, count us worthy to share in the sufferings of Christ. Teach us to be thankful for our afflictions that we might know Your grace all the more. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we Thank you for listening to New Life Baptist Preaching, where we grow in discipleship, grow in relationships, and grow in Jesus Christ. Subscribe so you don't miss a single sermon, and come and grow with us.